This is Dan Coates, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley, and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer fires to score. You kidding me? By Dylan Ward. Gets topside, Rambo scores. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here's your host, Hutton Jackson. We're here with Dan Coates, defender with the Georgia Swarm in the NLL and KS Lacrosse Club in the PLL. First off, Dan, we appreciate you hopping on. How are you doing today? Good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. You know, we're excited to have you. Uh, you know, we, we like to talk a little bit about what um, led our guests to get started in lacrosse. You're a native of St. Catharines, Ontario. So when did you first start playing lacrosse? I think I was probably in the third grade and it was something that, um, you know, being a Canadian kid, you, you played hockey in the winters and I was big into soccer and in the summers. And it was one of those things that I wanted to to be around my hockey buddies more throughout the year and they were all playing lacrosse. So I said, Hey, I'll, I'll try it. And um, I think I was in the third grade when I, when I signed up for like a house league in, in St. Catharines and, I remember trying out for the the rep team or the travel team uh, in St. Catharines. I got cut, and uh, I didn't. You know, at the time, I was like, "Crap, that sucked." But uh, you know, kind of led me on this path of, you know, to where I am today. But I was very fortunate enough that I had great coaches through minor. Um, you know, I talk about these coaches all the time just because I was so fortunate, basically, to have them throughout my whole minor. Uh, career and and a, a good contingency of us from St. Catharines who kind of went through this whole minor system all the way up to junior A. And um, it, it kind of just, you know, every year you got better. And, and I wasn't the best player. I think um, I was pretty athletic and probably wasn't until I was like in the eighth grade where I was, I, I kind of like, okay, I can figure this out. I can get down the floor or get up the field. And, you know, through guys like, you know, I'm throwing names out here, but like Dave Borland kind of really, you know, he, he kind of led me. He's like, hey, you have an opportunity to go play in the States. I, I really think you'd be a good fit. And it kind of led me one thing to another to uh, uh, to take a scholarship to Canisius College where I got to play under Randy Mearns for four years. And that was some of the best years of my life. And um, from there, I was drafted to Colorado Mammoth and uh, kind of had a cup of coffee with the MLL for a couple teams and uh, recently played with the chaos uh, last summer in Utah. So uh, a long story short, that's kind of my, my lacrosse journey, but it, it's certainly taken me some places uh, I never thought I, I'd go. And the the people I've met and the relationships I've, I've encountered over the time is certainly the things that I cherish the most and uh, winning some championships along the way and uh, being with Team Canada, it's, it's been a great ride so far. Yeah, and talk a little bit about how Canisius prepared you to play at the next level. Um, you talk about your four years there. Yeah, well, it's funny when I when I first went to to Canisius, I you know we played field across in Ontario, but it wasn't it wasn't like it is here. It was basically box across on a field. It, it's pretty hysterical. Like I was talking to Mark Lassini the other night. We had a Zoom call uh, with some of the chaos guys, and we're just kind of talking about the transitions from you know box to field or field to box. And I remember like telling this story that when I first went to a tournament, I was in high school and we're playing this tournament in Notre Dame. And I couldn't for the life of me understand why there was a guy behind the net on a man up. I was just like blown away. I was like, 
don't you want to come in front and, and increase our odds of scoring? But, you know, long story short, it was, uh, I, I didn't really have an idea until my freshman year. And, and I was surrounded with some, we had some great senior leadership and, um, obviously under the tutelage of Randy Mearns, he's a uh, great mentor of mine and friend of mine. And he kind of, you know, showed me the ropes. And I was kind of like a midfielder hybrid kind of D mid guy in my first two years. And I picked up a pole my junior year and I kind of fell in love with it playing defense. That's awesome. And you've obviously, you know, continued at the next level, getting drafted by the Colorado Mammoth, um, eighth overall in 2011. Talk about your time with the Mammoth. Uh, you know, and you're spending eight years there of your career. How did you kind of grow as a player once you first got into the league through, you know, becoming a captain with the Mammoth? Yeah, it was uh, certainly some of the best years of my life. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to hear my name called in, in the fall of 2011 with my uh, college teammate and good friend, Adam Jones. So we got to kind of experience those first five years together. But um, you know, the, the, the city, the organization, it really embraced me. And I was just such a sponge just being there and learning for the guys before me. But, um, I loved every second of it. I really did. It was, it's crazy to think it's already, you know, it was eight or nine years I was with the organization and went by that fast, but it was such a, you know, a top organization, like they, you know, first-class organization, they, they treated you well from on the floor, off the floor. Uh, we had some great people there and, and, you know, behind the scenes working away. And, and that's, it's something that I'll never forget, but, um, you know, the, the journey, you kind of look at yourself and, you know, every year you kind of reflect and you're like, okay, what did you do well this year? What did, what did you do better? And, you know, and all of a sudden you're, you, you get put in this leadership role and, and you're leading a group of, you know, 20, 23 guys. And it's something that you can't really put into words. It's, it's uh, such a great honor and feeling and, I loved every second of leading that team and that organization. It meant a lot to me, and uh, I'll certainly miss playing for for the Mammoth. Yeah, no, and let's segue, I guess, into this trade that happened in the offseason. I mean, arguably probably the biggest trade of the offseason. You got traded to the Swarm in exchange for Zed Williams, and there were some picks exchanged as well. But talk about, you know, what was it like when you heard that you were being traded? Um, and talk a little bit about, you know, the sadness of leaving the Mammoth, but also your excitement in joining a new team in the Swarm. Yeah, like it was, it was tough. Obviously, I, I found out um, it was actually Fourth of July. So, as you can imagine, it was a lot, a lot of things going on, and uh, you get the call and um, a lot of emotions because you know you're, you feel like you have your fingerprints, you know, or you're invested so much into that that team and that organization. It was tough. It, it's, I, I described it to people. It was a, it was a bad breakup, and. Um, you know, I, I still like I have feelings and I think that's the hardest part. But at the same time, I'm I'm very excited to join join this form organization. They won in 2017. I'm very familiar with the coaching staff and a lot of the players playing, whether summer ball or at the national level. It's a great opportunity for myself. And I'm just kind of excited for this next chapter. Yeah, what have some of the conversations been with like Coach Como and, uh, you know, the rest of the group uh, leading up into you know, this upcoming season, obviously it's been a long layover. So kind of how have you been preparing um, and kind of getting acclimated with your new teammates, despite not being together? Well, I, I think uh, right away, uh, John Arlotta and, and coach Como and, and uh, Sean Ferris reached out and just, you know, welcomed me. And um, I, I felt that comfort level right away. And, you know, right, you know, everyone has the group, the team group chat. And so I got fired into that right away and they made me feel welcome. And I have some, 
you know, comfort with them, just playing with them in the past. A lot of those guys, whether in Six Nations or or for Team Canada, and, and they're all great guys. And um, you, you kind of knew that too. You, 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 you get to know a lot of the guys around the league and if you've been in it for a while and you always, you kind of knew that this form organization or the players, they had a, a nice tight knit group. And uh, I certainly uh, feel comfortable being there and they've welcomed me with open arms, but um, you know, we, we kind of have the odd meeting here and there, the phone call, it's, it's tough, right? Cause we were preparing to go, you know, there was a rumor rumblings that we might get in a tournament uh, over March or April and kind of fell through. And so you're kind of prepping mentally and, you know, you're, you're training to, to ready to go at any point. And, you know, it's, it sucks, but we're, we're looking for, I think December is kind of what the schedule is saying. So I'm expecting training camp to be in November, but uh, I'm sure not just myself, but everybody who, you know, is competing for a spot and then is can't wait to get at it. Yeah. How have you been training, you know, since there's been a long layover, um, obviously, you know, you played field last summer, despite uh, the NLL cancellation, but you know, how have you kind of getting your body right, you know, as you're kind of waiting for that opportunity? Yeah, I think for myself, um, you know, I, I uh, basically every day after work right now, I'm trying to find an opportunity to, to lift or sprint or, or do something, keep a stick in my hands. It's really, it's, uh, it's medicine for myself just to work out and um, you, you just got to be ready to go at any point. And um, that's, you know, physically, mentally, I don't know. There's actually good, I'm living in Buffalo, New York right now, and there's a good contingency of, of guys, whether playing in the NL or PLL, living here. So uh, I've, I've been getting some reps with some local guys lately, and uh, I've been fortunate enough just to to be there. But yeah, just really leaning on people. And, and I've always kind of been a sponge in the weight room, trying to, to ask a lot of questions, but that's, uh, that's kind of really what's brought me here. Yeah, and talk a little bit about too the you know PLL championship series with the chaos. You guys obviously got off to a rough start, but turned it around and made it all the way to the championship. So talk a little bit about the highs and lows of being in the bubble and how you guys really came together to go on that playoff run. Yeah, well, first it was a great experience just to go out and, and play and compete with those guys for what uh, the Rebel brothers did in that short amount of time was it was exceptional and how uh, they were able to pull that off. But yeah, just through the roller coaster of I think we went 0 and four. We lost two OT games. It was tough, right? But we, I think we kind of knew what the the playoff format was that really was just basically a buildup for your seating. And we, we knew that as long as we were playing our best across going in the playoffs, then we didn't really care about our record was. I think we we're more or less focused on the process and how, how we were playing ball going into the playoffs. But yeah, it was certainly tough. And, you know, we had, to, we had a great coach staff, like Ryan Curtis on our D unit. He's, you know, he's breaking down film and, you know, AT is getting us fired up and it was a great journey. And, um, you know, winning that quarterfinal, that semi, and then ultimately I think we played three quarters of lacrosse and then fell short. And then, uh, you know, you know, whip stakes got on a roll there and it was kind of tough to stop the bleeding. Yeah. And talk a little bit about, you know, your preparation for this upcoming summer, obviously it's going to be a different format. You guys will be going touring city to city. How are you preparing for training camp and what are you looking forward to the most getting back with the chaos guys? Well, same thing right now. I'm just trying to get on uh, on the field as much as possible, keep a stick in my hands and, and getting some reps with some local guys, trying to trying to lift and honestly trying to get some mental reps. I know there's a lot of college across on right now. If, if any chance I get, I'm trying to watch whether it's the ACC game Thursday night or um, obviously there's some championship games going on right now, but just trying to watch and, and just get ready any, any chance. I'm just trying to, I guess, work on my craft. Um, but I'm expecting it to be a competitive camp, certainly with the merger of the MLL and um, a good group of college kids coming up and 
ready to compete for rosters. I, I expect to be competitive and nothing's given to you. So I'm excited for the challenge. No, that's great. We're looking forward to seeing this training camp unfold in the end of May. Now I want to touch on the coaching a little bit because um, you're actually coaching with the upstate collegiate box lacrosse league as well this summer. Talk a little bit about how you got into that and your excitement for uh, coaching, you know, future generations of lacrosse players. Yeah, I was, uh, I guess, kind of fortunate enough that um, I got a couple phone calls. I know Dane Carey out in Rochester, um, and then uh, another guy reached out locally, said, asking if I wanted to help out. And I said, sure. Um, and, you know, they said, I think they were trying to start it last year and then the, the pandemic hit. And I said, why wouldn't you? Like, why not? And from my understanding, there's going to be two teams here in Buffalo, two teams in Roch. And uh, I'm certainly excited. I think it's a great opportunity for players locally or within, within the, these proximities just to go out and learn the box game. It's, um, I don't know too many players who have never played that gone into a box saying, oh, I, I, that wasn't fun or, oh, I didn't learn something. It, it, it creates an environment that makes you have to make decisions at a faster pace. And it has to, you, your decision-making is just that much quicker. You have to learn how to create space. You're in a confined area. You have to, you have to generate, like I said, space. Um, just shooting on a goalie is a whole different story. And I, I just think it's such a great opportunity for these players locally um, for, for, for them to get in the box. And, and certainly myself and Zed Williams and, and Ethan O'Connor, I know are coaching here locally in Buffalo. Like we, we are going to do not just coaching, we're going to teach. And, and I think that's going to go a long way. So for, for players sitting at home this summer, do you want to work on your craft or are you just going to sit at home and, and wait for your next college season to come? But I certainly uh, want to be sharpening my thought. So, so when I go back in the fall, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my my spot on, or earning my reps and making sure that I'm not getting kind of, I guess, left behind. And if I'm a college coach, I want my players playing as well, too. You know, absolutely. I think, too, with it, what U.S. Box was doing is great. Um, you know, I, I wish I would have played box lacrosse. You know, I don't know if it would have done much more for me, but uh, it just seems like a fun game to play. I only played field, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, love what you guys are doing and, and what they're doing with the, you know, the box in the States. And now I also want to kind of discuss – um, you know, your time with Team Canada, you've obviously played for your country, both indoor and outdoor. So talk a little bit about what it's like to represent Team Canada. Well, it's the pinnacle, right? It's something that, you know, what? when you start playing lacrosse, I don't think you ever think, well, at least I didn't saying like, oh, I want to play for Team Canada one day. Like I was fortunate enough to be put in a good situation to succeed. And um, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, play for Team Canada, both on the outdoor and the indoor. And, and and have success as well and um it's the best and just to hear i guess your national anthem at the end of the tournament and be around the group of guys that you're with for basically three weeks it's a grind it's it's not just physical it's mental and um there's a lot of pressure that goes with that and you certainly think when you're in that role you think to all the coaches that helps you get there your parents or um your teammates or the organizations that help you get there it, it goes a long way so when you're in a championship game or a game that really matters and they all matter on that stage. It's just, you feel so fortunate enough to be put there that you don't want to let anybody down. And I'm grateful to be put in that opportunity. No, absolutely. We're certainly looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing when this next world games comes up um, and yeah, and seeing you back on the field. We're going to take a quick break here, a word from our sponsor, and then we'll dive into our five and five segment. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military-inspired products from their signature big-ass bar of soap to their bourbon-infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that's made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Duke Cannon, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent. Welcome back to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. All right, so welcome back. Let's dive into our five and five. Uh, we'll start off with the lacrosse questions. And my first one I have for you is what are some pregame superstitions or routines that you have? <laughs> um, I probably have some weird ones that I don't even realize I do because I've been doing it for so long. But um, I honestly probably listen to the Tragically Hip. I, I'm, I listen to Tragically Hip before any game. Awesome. And number two, what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at? And that can be box or field. <sighs> there's some good ones i always loved playing in calgary just i don't know what it was just playing them lots um it was pretty cool to to go experience playing in halifax and certainly san diego but uh and then i i can't just give one and then go and play in saskatoon it's like you're at a rock concert it's like you get beer thrown at you and people yelling at you and fans jumping the, the boards uh there are some great venues and and certainly it's been been a privilege to play in some of those that's awesome. And then number three, what is your current stick set up and how does it vary between box and field? Uh, it's a good question. I'm not really like a stick wizard. Like I, I don't know if I've ever actually attempted to string a stick. So I'm, I usually seek out somebody that I'll pick up their stick and I'll throw with it. I'm like, all right, this is good. Can you make me another one? I currently my indoor stick, I think I have a, a warrior head. And then I, I, I usually try to use like a thick shaft just because I just don't want it bending and I tape it up. So I think I use an Under Armour underneath. And then for outdoor long pole, I have an STX. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's <laughs> it does the job. And then I think I use a hammer head. I, again, I'm not a stick wizard. As long as it throws, uh, I'm, I'm happy. And then number four, who's a teammate or fellow lacrosse player uh, that you've leaned on as a mentor during your career? Oof, that's a great one. Uh, again, I, I've had some pretty incredible teammates. Um, one guy that comes to mind, I would say, is Sid Smith. And I've been fortunate enough to win some championships with him. And it was just funny because in Six Nations, our locker room, I sat right next to him. And I just love the way he approached the game and what the game meant to him as a whole. And just his leadership, especially during the the times that were tough. Like he he seemed to step up and he seemed to kind of have that voice to calm everybody down. And I certainly tried to emulate his leadership at, at points in my career. And he's some guy I looked up to. And, you know, even, you know, I look at a guy like Colin Doyle and I early in my career, I had Gavin Prout and just his calm demeanor in Colorado just kind of made the boys focus before everything. And, um, you know, and just coaches, the, the list goes endless. And, and that's the best thing about this game. There's so many good people involved and, I've uh, been fortunate enough to to be around these guys and, and at least take something from them. And I'm trying to pass that along too in any way I can. 
No, absolutely. And then number uh, five, if they made an NLL video game, who would you say deserves to be on the cover? John Grant Jr. I don't know. Um, John Grant Jr., Lyle Thompson, Mark Matthews. Those are all great answers for sure. Uh, moving on to the off the field questions. What are some hobbies or activities that you enjoy doing when you're not playing lacrosse? Um, I like getting outdoors, anything, hiking, fishing. Um, I don't know. I, I watch a ton of sports, whether it's, you know, hockey, basketball, football, other lacrosse, if it's on, I'm watching it. Um, but yeah, it's anything outside really. If, if I can find a good hike around here, that's what I'm doing. Well, that segues me into my next question, and that's what is a player in another sport that you enjoy watching? Love watching Steph Curry. Love watching Steph Curry, just what he does. Just It's just automatic. Um, you know, certainly kind of having a hockey background, I watch a lot of it. Um, seeing what Connor McDavid and, and Austin Matthews are doing right now is pretty incredible. And then I just I love just watching the NFL draft just just happened this past weekend. I just I just think those guys are such animals, and um, I just love watching those guys just go basically rip each other's heads off every Sunday. So I don't know whether it's on. I, I I'm watching it. That's awesome. Are you a Leafs fan? I'm guessing from being from Ontario, or um, kind of split. I, I guess I I grew up, but I was I was kind of Sabers, and then at one point, um, kind of towards the end of Maple Leaf Gardens ending, I was a, a Leafs fan. So I, I guess I'm kind of torn, and I wouldn't say I'm a, I guess a loyal fan in that sense. But you know, if it's on, I'm watching. It doesn't matter who's really playing. Gotcha. Yeah, hockey fan in general. I love it. Next question: uh, What is your favorite spot to vacation? Um, I, I would have to say, and I'm not too sure if you're familiar with this, but there's a place north of Toronto uh, called Muskoka. It's kind of cottage country. It's similar to what the Hamptons would be in New York. And um, I was fortunate enough to have a cottage there when I was growing up. And I would say any chance I get, that's where I'm going. I have some family there. and That's kind of my favorite place. Awesome. And then number four, what's your favorite meal? Do you prefer to dine out, cook at home, or do takeout? Um there's not you can't beat going to a good restaurant and getting like a good steak dinner um probably a steak and um whatever comes with it but yeah i, I certainly cook a lot at home but there's nothing beat going nothing beats going to a good restaurant and getting a, a good cooked meal especially on uh the night before a game you, you go to some of these cities and you go to san diego you go to you know little italy and you're getting some of the best food out there so it's it's pretty awesome no absolutely and my final one is what's a book, TV show, or podcast that you've been listening to, watching, or binging that you'd recommend? Um, I just watched, I just rewatched True Detective on HBO. I just kind of blown away how good that was. Uh, reading material. Um, what have I read lately? I'm currently reading um, the, the Settle Art for Not Giving a F by uh, Mark Manson, which is pretty good. I'm rereading that, but um podcasts kind of jump all over the place been a always been a big tim ferris uh podcast guy he's got some some great stuff on there but um if, it, if it's out there and if i think it's going to help me especially you know help my craft i'm going to listen to it watch it or, or read it yeah i'm actually a huge tim ferris guy i'm actually re-listening to the four hour work week because i feel like i i took a lot of those principles three years ago when i first read it um and now i'm like i got to dial it back a little bit and, you know, see, see those hidden gems that are in that book that I, you know, forgot about. For sure. He, I just love like the questions he kind of 
comes up with, he knows exactly what to ask or like, obviously he preps so well just to get an idea of what, who he's interviewing, but um, he's certainly, you know, one of the best there is, you know, him and Joe Rogan seem to be the top two guys doing it. No, absolutely. My final question for you is um, related to, you know, coaching. And that is what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to play professionally one day? Great question. Um, and I think, you know, this is, and I'll give you an example. And I was, um, and I see this a lot. And, and when I go watch, like if I go watch kids playing on like a field or like if I see them, like what, what are kids doing when they're not playing? And what I mostly see kids doing is they, they're picking up a ball and they're shooting in a six by six net. And that's great and all. And I love shooting on an open net too. But at the same time, you're not getting, you're not receiving a pass. And if you miss the net, what happens? Like, there's really no, like, nothing's going off in your brain saying, oh, I missed the net. So I would say as much as possible, hit, find a brick wall and hit it as much as possible. Because at the same time, catching is just as important as uh, passing and shooting. And when you're hitting a brick wall, you need to put it in a spot for it to come back in a good, in a good spot. And it just kind of helps works on your wrist. When I see, you know, I help out at the youth level. And when I watch kids, you know, I, first thing I'm doing is I'm looking at their top hand to seeing what they're doing is if they're pushing it, what I want, what everyone wants to see is that you want to see a break, break your wrist, kind of like you're shooting a, a basketball or throwing a baseball or a football. You want to see a follow through and a lot of it, the kids will push it. So I think that's what going to a brick wall does. And then once you get your 20 minutes or playing quick stick or whatever you're doing, go shoot, go, go find some friends and play. And I think, um, especially in today's day and age is like, don't lose sight of that, you know, backyard lacrosse, go out and play with your friends. And I think that's really where you learn how to compete and, and you learn strategy and your IQ. And I think that just goes a long way and, you know, be a sponge and, and, you know, you're fortunate enough, you can go on, you know, social media and you got all these guys all over it now and you can kind of follow them and see what they're doing. Uh, you can go on YouTube, you know, college laps, go to inside the cross and watch some college laps, but there's certainly some opportunities, you know, look at the NLLs expanding, the PLLs expanding. Uh, I'd be excited if I was a youth lacrosse player and uh, surround yourself with good people and good things will happen. Absolutely. Don't underestimate the power of just hitting the wall. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that wraps up our interview. I really appreciate you hopping on Dan again, best of luck, you know, this upcoming training camp as well as the summer and then, you know, heading into the NLL season as well. We're certainly looking forward to seeing you back on the floor. It's been too long, but uh, best of luck. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military inspired products from their signature big-ass bar of soap to their bourbon-infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Duke Cannon, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent.